مبروك 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 KUT 90.3 FM in Montreal. This is Free City Radio. We began the program today with a track by Ali Hassan Kuban, Mabruk, um, classic music of Nubia. Today on the program, uh, we are lucky to be joined in studio with Duha El Mardi. Uh, who is a Sudanese activist living in Montreal and uh, was working on a recent uh, exhibition that took place um, here at the Alternatives Building on Park Avenue and Avenue de Pont and has been involved in raising awareness about the uh, ongoing protest movement in Sudan for justice and democracy. Good morning, Duha. Good morning, Stefan. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. Hey, right on. Um, how's your day going? It's going good so yeah. far. I just started, so... <laughs> right on. Okay, so a lot's been happening, obviously, every day, like, big 
news is going down in Khartoum, but also throughout Sudan. Maybe we could just uh, start by uh, a bit about Montreal. You you have had this exhibition at the Alternatives Building on Avenue right. du Parc, uh, hoping to communicate some of um, the struggle that's taking place in Sudan. Absolutely. Maybe if you could just talk a bit about um, why you wanted to do that exhibition in this city and, and perhaps why people sh should have their eyes more open and their ears more open in regards to what's happening in Sudan. Sure. So actually, the Sudan Uprising exhibition is a series of independently organized exhibitions that happened, you know, they're meant to happen all over the world. They've already happened and they took place in New York, in Berlin, Sydney, just a, a few other cities. And so um, the idea of the exhibition is to kind of like showcase the art that was surrounding the revolution in Sudan, as art has been such a huge component in this revolution. And it's something that was really different for us in Sudan, given that the past 30 years of, you know, of, of complete lack of freedom, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of artists in Sudan have for, for throughout these years have, have, you know, been, they had to leave the country because there was no way that they could work peacefully and showcase their art. So the art that happened during the revolution was just tremendous. The amount of graffiti that was at the mass sit in the mass protest area and uh, sort of the music and, and the films that were that were all uh, played at the time. So we wanted to bring a piece of that and kind of showcase it at different parts of the world. And in, in, in that way, you know, it's it's a way for us to use art as a way to communicate with people uh, and and sort of you know shed a light on what is really happening in Sudan. So that was that's the the idea of the exhibition. It had taken place in Montreal, uh, as you said, at Alternatives for three days and uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of last week. And um, it was the turnout was absolutely amazing. We've got just huge support from the community here in Montreal. It was just absolutely beautiful. The turnout was great. We had we showcased 40 art pieces from Sudanese artists. Some of them are in Sudan right now and some of them are outside. Uh, and we also did uh, film screenings of Sudanese movies, uh, mostly movies about the social issues that are that are happening in Sudan. Uh, and uh, we also had a music performance by a uh, Sudanese artist who came all the way from Toronto. Nice. Yeah. Um, so for people listening, um, Duha, from your perspective, um, could you maybe share with us a bit about uh, why art has played such an important role in uh, the protest movement in Sudan that obviously has really um, taken to the streets over the last months but this mm -hmm. is a movement that has roots over many years absolutely um, and so i was just wondering if you could maybe share as to the role that arts played but also maybe highlight a few artists that that you would encourage people to look out for absolutely yeah. absolutely so as i said again for the past 30 years of al-bashir's dictatorship there has been an entire sort of uh, suffocation on the culture in Sudan and it's it's true suffocation by all means you know all means of of culture were just kind of uh, just stopped you know uh, Sudan throughout the, the the 70s and the 60s was very famous for its music in the African continent we had really good music but you know uh, in the late nine late 80s beginning of the 90s we had uh, strict 
strict rules about music. So a lot of artists couldn't actually work in Sudan. Uh, and the same thing with, with uh, expression of art. There's just so much restrictions on what you could talk about and what you can't talk about. Like, like what? Like I what, mean, what subjects were uh, prevented? To be to be honest, you know, it's it's inf it's sad to say that almost all the social issues we couldn't talk about because all of them kind of came back to a root of the cause, which is that we have had a you know it's a terrible regime. It all just comes back to the terrible regime. If you want to talk about if you if you want to talk about education, for example, we'd have to go back to to the root of the problem, which is that our education system needs a reform and so on. So that again brings you know highlights the fact that. This is why the education system is bad in Sudan right now. So again, everything kind of kind of goes back to the fact that these are policies that this regime is is doing. So anything that that touches closely to that is just banned. You're not allowed to do it. Artists in Sudan have suffered from harassments and arrests and detentions, and many of them had to leave Sudan. You know, so uh, so so so. Uh, that made art become sort of a mean of resistance. It's, it's a way for people to, to express their anger about what's happening, their frustration, their hope as well. So, um, so in that way, this, this, this protest that happened in Sudan was so strong. It was just, it was hope for the country. It was hope for this generation and the upcoming generations. And art kind of just bloomed as, as you know, it's hope. So it just bloomed all over Khartoum and, and other cities. Uh, and uh, and uh, unfortunately, again, after, after the crackdown, most of the art has been destroyed in the city. It's amazing that despite the elements of the Sudanese government that were carrying out repressive measures against artists for many years. What I have understood following some painters and also musicians that despite all this, a lot of artists still found a way to express Absolutely. themselves despite censorship and also within Sudanese society, there was still a lot of debate and, and struggle and, and people putting their voices forward. And I, I'm sort of putting that idea forward just in the sense that if we sort of see the rhetoric of a lot of Western governments about Sudan, it's almost like from this framework of needing to, quote unquote, save the Sudanese people. But on the ground, people have been mobilizing and, and putting forward their ideas for so long. Oh, absolutely. You know, there is an underground uh, kind of an underground music and art scene that's been blooming in Sudan for years, you know, despite how difficult it is to do that. But there are so many artists in Sudan who have just been keeping it up. And, and even those who are outside Sudan, you know, I, I'd like to talk about Ayman Mao, as I, as I told you previously about it. Ayman started making music about social issues in Sudan, about justice and democracy and so on, uh, since, you know, for, for, for a very long time, maybe 15 years, maybe more, to be honest. Mm. But Ayman has been making this, this type of music from his bedroom in, in Umdurman for a very long time. And uh, for a few years, his music wasn't reaching that much. But slowly, with time, and as people started to get to feel the frustration more of what's happening in the country, his music sort of became a way for people to... Uh, to, it was just relatable to so many, and especially the younger generations. You would have little kids in the street just 
you know, memorizing all his lyrics. It's beautiful. But Ayman had to, to leave Sudan uh, a few years ago because of just how difficult it was for him to function there. So he had to leave to the U.S. And, uh, and, he, and since, since then, he's just been, you know, making music, continuously making music for Sudan. And at the protest, Ayman actually flew in from the United States uh, for the first time in very long. And he did a concert in front of the army headquarters with, I mean, it's easy, to, honestly, it's easy to say there were a million people there when he was performing it was just powerful it was beautiful so he was able to enter the country yes um wow so thanks for sharing all this um dua how i mean for people listening can you maybe describe some of the the actions that have happened the protests over the last months and and these very important historical moments that have been taking place sure it, it definitely is a very important historical moment uh, for sudan so these these pro- these protests were actually triggered um December of last year, December of 2018, there was a um, there was a rise in in, in prices of, of bread and fuel and so on, and so the rising cost of living and uh, and you know the economic deterioration have sort of triggered people to hit the streets because it was at a point where people had just you know. They, you couldn't buy bread. It was it even in the that. capital. You could not. You could not. Yeah. People were lined outside of ATMs for five, six hours to not get any money at the end. You know, mm-hmm. it was just a continuous cycle and just infinity of standing in lines for bread and and your own money from an ATM and and fill up your 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 gas tank. You know, it was just a continuous cycle and and people were really frustrated. But again, the roots of it, as I said, goes back to. And it's sort of an accumulation of all the injustices that have been happening for the past 30 years. And these injustices have not just, you know, in fact, I would say I'm from Khartoum. I would really say that in Khartoum, for, for, for such a long time, we've kind of isolated ourselves from the rest of the country and just created this kind of bubble that Sudan is, you know, it's, it's, everything's going great. It's a safe country while other parts of the country were continuously damaged and continuously exploited and continuously, you know, just taken advantage of. What's hap- what was happening in Darfur and the, and the Blue Nile and Nuba Mountains for so long, yeah. pe- people in Khartoum have kind of isolated themselves from that. And we made ourselves believe that this country is safe for all of us, but it wasn't safe for all of us, you know, because majority of the population is outside of Khartoum. And that population has not been safe for the past 30 years. You know, so this, 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 uh, this, when everything hit the center, when everything was at the capital city, there was a sort of a national awakening, you would say, you know, and, and, and slowly people started to realize, hey, this has been happening in, in Darfur for all these years. This, the, there's a massacre that's been happening at the Blue Nile continuously throughout the years and all of these things. So people slowly started to kind of open themselves and open their eyes to a very different reality. And so that was, I, I think that was the, like the main thing that moved people so again the protest that started in the in december 13th uh, but the december 19th was kind of like the big one in adbara where they burned the national congress party headquarters um, and then from from there it just kind of it was just like a virus it was just all over the country there were protests every sing in every single city and town and village 
in the country, including, you know, refugee camps and IDP camps in Sudan, they were also protesting. So it was just a mass movement. Um, and then again, you know, things just kept uh, kept expanding and expanding and expanding. And people just had so much hope, you know, people felt so empowered in such a long time and, and they, were, they just felt so together as a nation. So um, at the 6th of April, uh, the Sudanese Professionals Association had called for a mass sit-in in front of the Sudan Armed Forces. So that happened in 6th of April and uh, it was just millions of people wow. millions of people some people were coming in from Adbara with a train and there were buses coming in from different cities there were buses coming from Darfur areas there were buses coming from Kasala in the east so it was just a you know just a large community and if you see the pictures online and the videos online that were circulating from this mass sit-in it was just it's beyond beautiful they're they're available everywhere on on social media on youtube on facebook it was just a beautiful place the 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 amount of awareness that was happening there the the political debates that people were finally you know feeling free to be able to have political debates in public in sudan that was something that was like a big no for so many years you know and again, I, I would also say that the beginning of these protests, because al-Bashir's regime was still on its full-on power, it's still that regime is still there right now, but it was on its full-on power. So the, we lost a lot of people in the beginning of the protests. And just throughout the days, we lost so many people. There were tear gas everywhere. People were getting tear gas canisters inside their homes, bullets inside your home. So it was it was that bad. Uh, so many people were injured and so on. Uh, but by by six of April at that mass sit in, there was a you know it was just like a togetherness. I, I I wasn't there. I really wish I was there at that moment, you know. But I wasn't I wasn't there at the moment. But all my family members, everyone was there. You know, my friends, everyone was there. It's just beautiful. Uh, but then. So al-Bashir was ousted by a, coup, a military coup d'etat, which is now the Transitional Military Council, the TMC, that's kind of running the country right now. So this Transitional Military Council is unfortunately a, um, it's, it's, it's an extension of the regime. It's not more, not less. It's an extension of the regime. But there is one element that makes this military council that's running Sudan right now possibly more dangerous than the previous regime. And that is the fact that they have the Janjaweed leader, General uh, 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 Hamdan Dagalu, locally known as Hemeti. He is the leader of a, an illegal militia called the Janjaweed. The Janjaweed has uh, been operating in Darfur for, for quite some time. They, uh, in fact, they, they were backed up by the National Security uh, and Intelligence in Sudan for, for a while to do counterinsurgency campaigns on Darfur, where they had burned villages and, and, and killed thousands and thousands and thousands of people. They have raped women. So this, this militia, this illegal militia that is basically a criminal body, the deputy of that body, or the, the, the head of that body, is now the deputy of the Transitional Military Council. And so this man is, is, uh, is, is, is kind of running the scene right now with a lot of support from Gulf countries, uh, Saudi Arabia and uh, United Arab Emirates, as well as Egypt, 
just huge support from these from the, from these countries. Of course, for their own reasons, the militia of Janjaweed is fighting for Saudi Arabia in Yemen. So he is recruiting child soldiers, and some of these child soldiers are not just from Sudan. Some of them are from Chad and and, uh, and Niger and uh, and uh, Nigeria. So he's he's actually exploiting children. He's bringing these children, training them. And, 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 you know, giving them financial incentives, which Saudi Arabia is paying for, and, uh, and sending them to fight in Yemen, to fight the war for Saudi Arabia. So that's why there's just, there's been so much support from these governments to, 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 keep, to keep that person in, because al-Bashir was good for them, you know? They were happy as long as they had that guy there doing everything they wanted him to do. So, yeah, there's an important financial and military absolutely. connection with very, the Egyptian very. military mm-hmm. council, with the government of Saudi Arabia, countries uh, on the Gulf. Um, absolutely. So the injustice in Sudan, social economic injustice, uh, really hit the capital this year with the removal of uh, basically a series of... Um, um, sort of benefits around some food supplies yes. and fuel, I believe, also. Yes. So that was like, I, from what I understand, in in the far reach, like the more um, outside the capital, but also mm-hmm. like provinces, Darfur, you mentioned, yes. uh, Blue Nile. Oftentimes, the same sort of support from the state was not there. No, and for so, for and so in long. Khartoum, it was a different situation. But finally, this sort of social economic injustice touch people in Khartoum. Yes. Thanks for that historical background. Uh, I really appreciate that. Um, We don't have that much time left, but what you mentioned about the support from Egypt, Mm -hmm. from Saudi Arabia, uh, the connection with Yemen, Mm. also from the United Arab Emirates, Qatar has changed its position in the last few years. It's a whole nother program. It's interesting. Um, But in terms of people's lives, um, this does not fare well for the protest movement, this support from countries with a lot of financial resources no. for the military council. So, But despite this, people are still protesting. Absolutely. People yeah. are, you know, for the past few days, there's been a lot of changes, again, since the massacre. So the Transitional Military Council committed a massacre on June 3rd against the protesters. And uh, it's, it's, it's an absolutely terrible uh, thing that had happened they basically raided the protest area they started shooting at people and uh we have lost over 100 lives over 700 are injured and and some of them are currently in critical uh, situations in, in hospitals and uh and uh, 54 so far according to Ahfad, uh, Ahfad university's trauma center they have uh, they have recorded 54 rapes female rapes and seven male rapes uh, but the numbers are counting. And as you know, the Internet has been shut down in Sudan since the massacre. So the data that we're getting is sort of not, you know, it's, it's, it's a little difficult because of there's no Internet there right now. The only few, the few Internet that's running is like fiber, fiber Internet, which is in companies and so on, but not in people's houses. So we're still we're still getting we're still getting evidence in. we're still getting video. So it's, it's kind of still happening. Um, and I believe the numbers the numbers will, will keep increasing. We'll, we'll keep seeing more as more evidence comes in. But yeah, so far, these are this is the this is what the transitional military council did, um, and now the protesters are back again on the streets uh, for you know demanding for a civilian-led government. 
I, I heard one report where they had recorded people um, on the streets. This was prior to the massacre at the sit-in in front of the military council buildings um, in, in Khartoum. But there was an area where people would go with, with stones and sticks and make rhythm on a bridge. Oh yes, <laughs> you know this. Uh, this is we. We actually have it. Uh, we call it in Sudan. We call it Jamhuriyat Aal Nafaq. That's that. You know, it's like a, its own republic now. Yeah. But yes, these guys have just been there since sixth of April. The, they're just uh, sitting republic there. Republic of uh, oh, Al yes. Nafaq. Yes. Yeah, okay. You know, it's these guys are sitting on a tunnel, just like a, a, a small tunnel bridge thing, and they're just and they're just chanting and beating nonstop, twenty four seven. Making rhythms. Yes, making rhythms and, and songs and music and wow. it's yeah. It's it's amazing. Just to note, um, we talked about Egypt and, of course, Saudi Arabia. Controversially, the Canadian government has maintained arms exports, both Egypt and also Saudi Arabia, for armored personnel carriers manufactured here in Montreal. Um, and uh, the Canadian coalition for uh, to observe the arms trade in Ottawa. Uh, has documented that, just a note. Dua, you're very involved here in Montreal. You've been here... Um, a year and a half. A year and a half, and have helped with this exhibition at Alternatives and are speaking on the radio. Where can people go for more information, and why Why is it important for people in Montreal to, to, to pay attention to what's happening in Sudan? I think it's important not just for people in Montreal, for people all over the world, mm -hmm. because, you know, at the end of the day, I think our humanity is really chained with each other. I think that an injustice somewhere is an injustice to all of us. Mm -hmm. You know, the lack of freedom somewhere is a lack of freedom to all of us as a collective uh, body. Uh, so I think it, it's important for everyone to to know any injustice that's happening anywhere. Even if it doesn't affect you in your personal life, you have nothing to do with it, but you should know about it because it's someone else. It's, someone else, it's another human just like you and me. Uh, and yes, uh, there's a lot of hashtags over the internet. There's a lot of people to follow uh, online as well. There's a hashtag, hashtag blue for Sudan. Uh, there's a hashtag I'm the Sudan revolution. So um, hashtag Sudan uprising, of course. So all these hashtags, just go on Twitter, just go on YouTube, you know, and you'll just find a, a whole bunch of us Sudanese and non-Sudanese sharing these things constantly. Dua, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Stefan. I thank really so appreciate much. it. Thank you. Um, for people who uh, were listening, um, just um, would note Human Rights Watch has been documenting what's happening in Sudan. Yes. HRW.org, Amnesty International too. Um, and uh, you mentioned also uh, uh, the medical center. at Ahfad Trauma Ahfad, Center. Yeah, yeah. yeah you made the, I think they're on Twitter as well. Yeah. Uh, coalition to Oppose the Arms Trade in Canada uh, has been around since 1989, and they document Canada's export of arms to Saudi Arabia and Egypt, uh, key allies to the Sudan Military Council. They're online at coat.ncf.ca. Um, Dua uh, has chosen this song by Ayman Mao called Revolution. Mm -hmm. Thanks again for coming in. Thank you, Stefan. This has been Free City Radio on CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal. Keep it locked on people-powered radio. Um, CKUT.ca, this is Ayman Mao. Long time, 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 long
come out. They're gonna start a revolution, a revolution, boy. Cause we are fed up and we dread up. We need a solution, resolution, yeah. You dumb and they get up, we come out. They're gonna start a revolution, a revolution, boy. Cause we are fed up and we dread up. We need a solution, whoa, whoa, boy. How shabab? Yalla, so what I'm she not maling love. I shall balad na seru fi halki love. Long time fil azab wal kharab. Long time dem Muhammad rasu shab. Maf shul maf akil maf sharab. Hanna hip was salib min ghar hisab. A revolution la tarat rigab yau. Whoa, whoa, boy. You dumb and I get up up out. They gonna start a revolution, a revolution, boy. Cause we are fed up and we dread up. We need a solution. You dumb and I get to poop them out We're gonna start a revolution A revolution, boy Cause we are fed up and we dread up We need a solution Whoa, whoa, boy You dumb and I get to Hear me now You dumb and I get to Watch me now You dumb and I get to A revolution A resolution Watch it Position. This ya one them Babylon demolition. No wonder why I am I on a mission. One Babylon, one corruption. Look, look up the youth and in a separation. One freedom and liberation. Step up a youth in a demonstrations. Come together, unite the nation. Oh, you dumb and they get up 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 up. They gonna start the revolution, a revolution, boy. Cause we are fed up and we dread up. We need a solution. Revolution, yeah. You dumb and I get up, 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 up. They're gonna start a revolution, a revolution, boy.